Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello. Well, first of all, let me say this. Uh, I thought about this yesterday. This might, somebody might say, hey, you should listen to the Todd Glass Show. And for whatever reason, they picked this episode. I should tell, if you are a new listener, usually when we drop an episode on Monday, as this one has been, you'll see in the past, it's usually you know, a more serious episode, So as today's is. So you might want to go listen to a regular episode that we drop on Fridays. And um, here we go. I'm going to say something that I said before. You know, from now on, the reason this show took so long to get to was because the things I wanted to talk about just kept growing and growing. Next thing you know, you have two hours worth of stuff to talk about. From now on, I'm not going to handle it that way. If I'm doing a show and it's a two-hour show and for 15 minutes we want to talk about something a little more serious, that's, that's what we'll do. So this won't happen again. Um, we might drop shows like this in the future, but... Mostly, I'm just going to integrate it into the show. Some people are like, ugh. But other people are like, good, that's what we've been telling you to do. It's fine. Trust your instincts, Todd. I get your emails. I hear you. See? So, um, there you go. Um, so, this is the show, you know? Look. Um, at the end of the day, when you finish, when you know, me and Ball talked about this when the show is over even though sometimes I get tongue-tied or I'm thinking, oh, did I make that point as clear as I could? Could I make a better example? Was my analogy ironclad as I'd like it to be? I know one thing for sure. We both did this because, you know, you just want to think you helped somebody breathe easier. That's what it comes down to. And that's obviously never a bad thing. And the only reason I'm telling myself that is because, you know, yo, like I said, when it's over, you're like, did I do this right? Did I do that right? So, um, you know, uh, I think we covered a lot of good things. I, that's all. So there you go. Here's the show, and um, here we go. <laughs> all right. Bye.
Now entering Nerdist.com. Ay, ay, ay. Todd, I'm sorry I asked you to do this. <laughs> First of all, um, hello. And uh, we put this episode off so much because in the regular episode, I was afraid to... I don't know. Sometimes I thought, oh, we'll talk about it on the Paul F. Tompkins episode, which we affectionately call it now. And... Um, and then I realized that I just started mounting things, and today got me a little stressed because. But I feel good now. Eric was great at helping me with the notes. Chris Burden was great at <laughs> at printing them out really big. But I'm I'm going to take a second here and and um, and say something that I don't want to forget to say. But this is all good, you know. I don't want to make it like it's too serious, but um, you know, it's a lot of stuff that's weighing on me, and the emails. You know, I go on with my own life and I forget until I read these emails. Like, and again, Paul, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I don't know why, but there's a part of me, maybe it's because I'm a comic and, you know, I'm cynical. A lot of comedians are cynical. Mm -hmm. And when we smell someone's being over, like, all right, it's important, but relax. I don't feel it's that way. I feel like this is ungodly important, but I don't want to come off. Why do I? Why do I? Do you know what I'm saying? No, I'm not sure what you mean. When somebody's being sort of they're they're pretending or they're they're inflating you know, something. Yes, and I don't think it is, but like I feel the need to say like you know. Yeah, they're this, acting the gravity of the situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh Jesus, that's why I have you here. So, I read these letters. And that's when sort of I came up with what today was. Today, I mean, I hope it helps a lot of people. But two particular emails, I made up names because, uh, it, you know, they, I emailed them back. They said they just prefer their names don't be used. So mm-hmm. Tracy and um, – it's funny. I'm looking down for the fake names I made up. Uh, <laughs> Tracy and Brad, and they're having trouble with their parents. They've, they've, they've come out to their parents, and they're, they're having a difficult time. So these are I, two separate people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Two separate people. And I said, I emailed them, emailed them and I said, could you get your parents to listen to this podcast? Mm-hmm. And they both said they think they could. So we're going to talk about other stuff today, you know, but we're going to start with this because I feel if I have these parents listening now that I might, you know, I want to keep them. So we'll right. get, we'll talk about, you know, the, uh, the kids that are gay or transgender or whatever they're having difficulty with, but they're the two, you know, two, two main ones. And I, in my, in my head, I, you know, I thought, say, welcome them. I even thought, you know, in the podcast, a lot of times these people might not be used to the way we talk. There's going to be, we, you know, I express myself when I'm angry. I'm like, oh, it's fucking bullshit. Whoa. Hey, oh, (laughs) watch parents are listening. (laughs) But I even thought, should I lessen that? Cause I look, I don't want to, you're not going to get some, you're not going to help these parents get over this. I guess that's where the expression tough love comes in. I'm going to I want to be gentle with you. I want to be loving towards you, but I'm also going to have to be a little gruff at times to rattle you out of something. But right off the bat, um I you know, I uh you know, I w- I want you to listen to this. I hope by the end of this if I could have someone listen to this and go, "Yeah, it took that that podcast did it." Obviously, what would make me more happy than that, you yeah. know? So uh, so they're, they're, we're wel- welcoming some people that aren't regular listeners to the Todd Glass show. And, um, and th- so I wanted to do that. And there we go. That's out of the way. Um, you know, Can I say, yeah. probably don't have to crumple up the paper every time. <laughs> just, I'm looking at the amount of paper that's on the table. I could just toss it. 
I could just toss it. Um, and then I wanted to say this to a lot of kids that are out there. <laughs> yeah, rip it up into ten equal pieces. Does, Make sure the pieces are equal sized. It, it does every seem, piece. It does seem to delegitimize the importance of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought this was very important. <laughs> I wish there would be a sound of a trash can lid <laughs> coming down. All right, so. Or if you just had a shredder. So there you go. <laughs> Another important idea dispensed with. All right, so parents, you're listening. Stay with us here. That's going to be, you're going to want to hit me over the head by the end of the show because I'm going to keep saying that. <laughs> now, I want to say this, and then, and then um, that. I thought this the other day that, like, for a lot of kids, the, you know, it does get better. There's no doubt about that. It gets better. But, look, I remember what it was like hearing stuff like that, and I'm glad I heard it because I think it got soaked into my fiber somewhere. But I thought, how do you help kids that are going through it today? Because it gets better. That means today sucks. Mm-hmm. Today's hard. Yeah. And one of the things is especially when your parents aren't accepting you. That's – that. Times at times 10. Yeah. And that doesn't mean they're evil people. That doesn't mean they're not loving. It just means they're confused, and I, I want to help them with that. But I think when people, you know, it, it depends. I don't know. I, I think this will help some people. It helped me sometimes when I get, even when I hear about someone that works for someone in this business and they get yelled at and their boss is just a, just a, on a scale from one to ten, ten being just a mean spirited, yeah. you know, just a horrible human being. How do you get through that? And in this case, we're talking about kids that come out and their parents aren't accepting them, or some of their friends aren't accepting them. How do you make today better? Better. When, when I hear about kids not accepting it, I which is less and less all the time because kids are very accepting today. But for some reason, it, it upsets me more when it's parents or somebody that's not accepting. Yeah. Well, no, because you you expect. As a child, unconditional love from your parents, mm-hmm. you know, that they are going to love you no matter what. And it's not like if somebody's coming out, their parents don't love them anymore. Mm-hmm. But it feels like that. Right. It feels like they're saying, I kind of am rejecting you as a right. person. Even you know? though a parent listening right now, we want you to know, we get it. You love yeah. your child. Yes. No one is saying that you don't. No. But but to the child, it doesn't feel like you do. Yeah. And just know one thing for sure. That when people are out there and they accept everybody and love everybody of all types, you do reap the benefits by that. Now, I'm not saying you can't be a person that doesn't do all that and still have a big car and still have a big house and all that stuff. But when you are, when you are nurturing to every human being on this planet, you live a fuller life. You're happier. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they don't get. Yeah. That's what they don't get. And so, you know... I, I just know that, that when you hear all those, you know, it gets better, it gets better. I get it. Today's tough. And you, 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 um, hold on. Just let me take a second here. Um, I think, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say this because like I said, because of the parents that might be listening today or the friend of a friend's that I'm going to say something that even when I told Daniel Kino, he was a little shocked, but I think it's a great way to start to let them know that I'm with them. I thought if my dad was, let's say, um, transgender. Mm-hmm. Now, by the way, at one point during what I'm saying, there might be people that are like, what? But I promise you, you'll like the way it ends. If my dad was coming to a show and maybe he was bringing his boyfriend or maybe my dad was a cross-dresser and he wanted to, to me, that would even be harder. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to show up my show like that. I'd be, it'd be hard for me. 
Mm -hmm. I'm being honest. I might make an excuse to put it off. I might go, uh, you know what, Dad? It's pretty crowded this week. Come next week because, you know what, then I'll have more time to spend with you. You know, I try to be nice. So I'm telling you that. I'm 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 being very honest with you. Mm -hmm. But here's the difference. I would get help. Right. I would get help. I'd be sitting in a therapist's office saying, I don't want to do this. And that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to not have a difficult time with it. I'll go, we'll be patient with you today. Your children will be patient with you today. But you need, and when I say get help, it's not with the tone, you need to get help. No, that's an aggressive, angry tone. I mean, you need to get help. Yeah. You need to go to a therapist and, you know, and trust what that therapist will say about your child and I, I just, you know, I'm telling, I told that story because I want people to know that I, you know, you look, let's face it, whether you admit it or not, it's either that, that you're embarrassed your kid is and you have to go to church or you have to go to, you know, a swim club or you have to go somewhere and, you know, that's not the norm. And, and then there's the other side that you might think that it's an illness. Yeah. And you say, I love my kid. But, like, if your kid had an illness, you'd love him, but you want him to get help. And I hope I hit on something. I hope you just went, that's what it is with me. Of course you love your child, but and you love him so much that you desperately want to get your child help. Yeah. It's that. It's one or the other, you know. And I will tell you this, and here's where it might get a little hard. And obviously, you know, I go long-winded up front, Paul, that the difference between tough love – and by the way, these are all my opinions. That's all they are. The difference between tough love – and you not accepting your child. And I think most people know tough love is if, you know, your kid is, let's say he's addicted to heroin. And you go to a program and they tell you that the best way to get your child to, to you know, to come out of this is to cut him off. Mm-hmm. That's very hard when you found out your kid slept in the street that night. Yeah. But you have an organization that backs you, that goes, this is the best way to make him hit rock bottom. Yeah. And in the event of, well, you're cutting your child off, he dies. You have an organization that still backs you. Mm-hmm. You'll have an organization that will go, you did the right thing. It's still going to be gut-wrenching and sad and just, you know, you know, words that can't even describe it. But you will have an organization that says it didn't work, but that doesn't mean you didn't do the right thing. And you'll have other parents and everybody. Look, here's the part. It might seem a little cold. If you cut your child off because he is gay or she is a lesbian, every, when I say gay, I, I'm covering everything, mm-hmm. hopefully, every time. Um, you're not going to have an organization that will tell you you did the right thing. They, they, they're, mm-hmm. they, uh, now, they will tell you to forgive yourself, mm-hmm. and part of forgiving yourself will be to have the clarity that you should have had before your child killed themselves. Like these mothers and fathers that are against their children being gay and cutting them off, and then oh, after their child okay. dies, they go around on circuits saying, don't do what we did. Right. But, but I'm going to just cut the sh- tell you the God-honest, the, just the gut-wrenching truth here. You are not going to have an organization that goes, you did the right thing. And you need to know that. You're not going to have the support that people have that their children have drug problems and cut them off. I would say, though, that the uh, there, are, there are certain churches, I think, that would say you did the right thing. You know, that's the problem is that there, there's, there's certain organizations. You're leading me right in, as you yeah, always do, to my next thing. There's so certain organizations that, that have such an issue with this that um, not all churches— but there are some there are some mm-hmm. uh, churches that would say, uh, yeah, you know, but, but that 
Same comparison you know, to the drug act. Take, taking, taking, uh, taking your own life is a sin, but what could you do? You had to reject your child because they were doing something against God. You know? Right. Um, so it's not, it's not that they won't find a group that will ever say, you know, hey, you did, you did what you mm-hmm. had to do. They probably could do that. But at that point, what are we even t- are we talking to someone who can be reasoned with? You know what well, I mean? Well, I think that's, if you're, I hope if you're, you're right, because, yeah. because I, that was my next set of notes here, and I want to be very clear with this, because every time he's talk, talking about religion, I want to go to bat. To but use, I, I would imagine the people that are writing to you are not saying that my parents are so extreme in their religion that they have uh, you know, completely cut me off. Well, they have I bet me. that there's all over the gambit. Oh, of course. So I think it's worth taking time, right. slowing down but if these right are the, here. if these are the parents that are listening, I just want to make sure that we're not kind of tarring everyone with the same brush. You know exactly. I mean? we, we're, we have to address so many people today because there's all types of people listening. Uh, by the way, if there's someone that goes, no, 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 it has nothing to do with religion, that even gets more difficult for me. Yeah, that because I, then, I don't then, understand that right. at all. <laughs> and, and here's why I think I owe it to take some real clarity here to defend people uh, for two reasons. One... There are religious groups of every type that are accepting of everybody. And I hope if you're listening, because we have some people that aren't going through this listening that have, I get it. There's, there's, you can go to a synagogue that is, that is very gay friendly. You can go to a, there's churches. There's, there's every, every group of organized religion has, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, sex branches, you know. Very accepting. So there is a place to go. Yes, and, and certainly. So so and and they're there and they're very accepting. So and also, if you're going to, you know, put your child under the magnifying glass of what the church thinks, it's a little greedy that you reap the benefits of the church, the mistakes the church has made in the past. So if you're a woman listening, or if you're, you know, and you're going, hey, if the the church thought it was wrong, that you should be equal at one point. Mm -hmm. So. Again, making this very, 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 very clear. There are religious organizations that are very, I don't even want to say pro-gay, pro-everything. Progressive. Progressive, loving, caring. So you could go to that organization. But what I'm saying is let's say they're going, well, I don't want to go to that organization, Mm -hmm. that that sort of – division of that group i don't want to go because i don't agree with that i think that's a division that is practicing the wrong thing i want to stay with the church i'm at that thinks you love your child you 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 wrap your arms around him you hug him you always love your child but get him help Mm -hmm. that the church the organized religion they have a long history of being on the wrong side of things and if you're reaping the benefits it's almost like i want to say you know, if, if, if you want to go back, go back to before you got your rights. Because that's, it's hard not to say in that very sarcastic voice, oh, when do you want to go back to? The day after I got my rights. <laughs> oh, that's, that works out good for you. And when do you want to stop? The day before we give rights and clarity to another group of people. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying that you need to know that, that, you know, God forbid your child does that. You're going to have clarity you know, I'm trying to edit my language because of this, and I don't think I can. I think if you, you have a child that's going through this, you need to accept that I need to speak the way I speak. You're going to have a clarity like, like a, a fuck, a motherfucker. That's what I wanted to say because right. once your child's dead, you, you know, and you think, is this, is this dramatic? No, you're not going to look in the casket of your child and go, this is tough. Mm-hmm. 
But I know in my soul of souls that I did the right thing. Yeah. You're going to know instantly. And parents are out there that will talk to you that did that. And go talk to them. If you're having a hard time, I'll be patient. But I can't be patient if you're doing nothing mm-hmm. except saying I stand my ground. Yeah. You got to move forward and yeah. try to go talk to parents. If you're having a child and you're not accepting them for this, you, you, you should at least go, yes, I will within a week sit down with a parent that went through this. You owe it to your child to do that. Yeah. So I, I think that in a situation like that, which is the extreme situation of, of um, you know, a child that's driven uh, by the, you know, a rejection from, from its own parents uh, to take their own life. That you, if you're the parent of that child, you will see in an instant how small a thing this was the whole time. And what were you worried about? And what did it matter? You know? Well, and if you can think that way now, if you can project yourself into that place mm-hmm. of like, if I were to reject my child in this way, not even I'm going to cut them off, um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to treat them uh, as if what they're doing is some sort of willful, uh, you know, faddish, you know, um, choice that they're making um, that upsets me and upsets the people that I know. And it makes it makes us look bad in front of people. You know, what will people say? It's like the analogy of uh, if your dad was a crossdresser and he was going to come to the show that you what you're worried about in that in that situation is what are other people? How are other people going to react? At that point, you have to say, how do we react and what do we think as a family? Let's, let's remove strangers from it because who cares what they right. think? And what if they say, with nobody else in the picture, here's why it's very hard not to keep going back to the religion because we're, we're dealing with 20 types of people dealing with this right now. Mm-hmm. Some are going, no, no, nothing to do with religion. And again, more confusing to me. Religion I, I sort of get. Yeah. The other one, I, I, look, you're listening and we – look, I'm going to say this right now. It, the gift of conversation, if you're listening and you're getting frustrated because we're saying things and you're like, oh, if I could just tilt him over to the right a little. No, here's my problem with it. That's just going to happen throughout the show today. But I'm telling you, if you listen to the whole thing by the end of it, we will rattle you into some some logical thought process. Yeah. I hope. I hope. But, uh, you know, yeah, you just, you know. Uh, it's a tough battle, though, because you're – it's easier, I think – or it'd be easier to talk to the kids and tell them, here's what you need to be ready for, and here's how you deal with it. You know, if you're putting it all on the parents um, and you're this stranger on a podcast, um, they, it's very easy for them to say, well, I don't have to listen to anything this guy says, even if, they, even if they're talked into listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Here's what I would say to the kids that are going through this. It's... It's almost the same thing. Your parents are your parents, and you love them no matter what. You understand that they uh, can't wrap their mind around this thing. They don't get it. They, don't, they, they can't hear what you're saying about it, and they're not going to take your word for it that this is fine and that it's normal and that this is uh, a modern age in which we live. Now it's up to you to know that and deal with it. You know, At a certain point, you have to say, I can't convince them to treat me the way I would like to be treated because they're my parents. And it doesn't, that's not the way it goes, you know, that the parents take their cues from the kids. It's, it's, 
it's the other way around traditionally. You know, it's very rare that you, as a child, are able to convince your parent, turn their mind around on something. Let me make this analogy. I started doing stand-up when I was 17 years old, right? And uh, have been doing it, you know, now I think more than I haven't been doing it. You know what I mean? More than half my life. Mm -hmm. And my parents... Hold on, I'm sorry. Just a pen. I don't need any paper, but thank you very much. Sorry. Chris I've, just got me some paper, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> My parents never quite grasped the idea that I was making a living at show business, right? They never quite got it. And my mother died when she was 78 years old. And I rode with her from the hospital to the hospice in the back of the ambulance, and I was holding her hand. And this is she's dying, right? And she said to me, have you figured out what you want to do with the rest of your life? <laughs> Never got it. Never, ever got it that I was not living some pipe dream and that uh, I was wasting my life and I was doing something wrong, right? Never got it. What am I going to do? I, I, there was no, I gave up explaining it to her a long time ago. I gave up getting defensive about it, which is like, she'll never get it. You know, she'll never get it. And I had to, I had to accept at a certain point that she won't get this, you know, but let it go because I know that I'm doing good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, let me, I let know me, that my life is good I'm, and that I, and that I'm being my true self. I I would I would have loved her to understand, and mm -hmm. I tried to like explain it to her, but it just didn't take, man. Well, I think I'm really glad you brought that up because it's obviously we are trying to do two things today. One is rattle parents out of their behavior, and the reason I pointed up that if Get my dad think about it, if, the reason I brought up that I uh, brought up that thing about my dad being a crossdresser or you know whatever his situation was is because it lets me know I don't think I'm a horrible evil person. I think I'm pretty evolved. I'll, I'll be honest and. Uh, and I'm saying that, so I would imagine there's people listening that there might be hope for. Right. And so, you know what so, else is taught? Not to hold, hold your thought, though. Okay. It's also because, let's say in the scenario your dad's a crossdresser, and and by the want, way, let me say this because I will never yeah. be able to sleep at night. Sure. Do you understand if you're listening? Whatever you do, that the reason I brought that up, if my dad was maybe if my dad was gay or if he was a crossdresser, whatever it is, I get from my soul. Those are the strong ones that go out that are cross-dressers. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the strong ones. Those are the ones that are brave. Those are the people that should – get you're, you get it. You're doing what is the hardest thing in the world, and that is be yourself in public. Yeah. The, the reason I'm pointing out that it might be hard for me to deal with my dad is because I know in society that, that they might look or people might look. But I, I want to over-preface it. I'd be in a therapist's office getting help. I would ask my dad to be patient with me, not – say the other way around and make my and make my dad feel like he's got a problem or my brother or who whatever. I think I've made my point, but yeah. I want to make that really clear that I'm, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's what I'm imagining in this scenario that you're laying out is that you did not grow up with a dad who was a crossdresser and it's something that you became used to over time. This is you at the age you are now and your dad says, you know, last year Hey Todd, I got to tell you something. Mm -hmm. This is th this is who I am, and this makes me comfortable. And, and you know, um, it, it's it's I'm expressing my full self here, and it's a thing that uh, it's a thing that I do. And so sometimes I, I would like to come to your show, and I might you know dress this way. You're not used to it. It's a new thing. 
right? It's or let's let's make it better. If your dad came out, right? If you were straight, your dad came out. You're a grown man, right? And your dad says, "I'm going to take my boyfriend to your show." You're now thinking like, "Well, this is all I just found out that he was gay, you know, a week ago, and now he's bringing a date to the show." And like, people, you know, friends of mine that thought he was, you know, this married guy and blah blah blah. It's new. It's new, and that's why you're kind of freaked out by it, because it's an experience you haven't had before. But it doesn't mean it's for the rest of your life. No, and it doesn't mean that if I, uh, I put myself there to go... Right, you just said it perfectly. Yeah. So let me, let me just move found, on. You know, this is like... Yeah, it's, it, the, the world changes. It, it, things like this are, are a possibility now, you know. Um, the... Uh, uh, I got a little lost in my thought here. You know... Th- I told th- you to hold that thought. Uh, <laughs> I did. It's okay, it's okay. Um, I was watching a movie the other night, and um, it's one of those movies, you know, they're just gut-wrenching, sad movie, daughter's dying of uh, cancer, and the family's going through it. And I was sitting there watching, going, these parents want one thing, the ability to have the power to make their child feel better Mm -hmm. and get better. That's really at the end of the whole movie. That was the plot, that your child is dying, and you're going, if I had the power, can you imagine the power your child has cancer, and you have the power to get rid of that cancer to make your child better. And then here sits these parents that have that power. You have that power to, to go to not do it right away. Right. I'm not asking you to go in the house right now and do it. You might need to take some time, but you have the power to go educate yourself, to utilize social advancements. Which would mean you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody except in some, underline 150 times, religious groups. To find, you'd be hard-pressed to find, you know, the, what would you call it, the, the, the sociological, uh, you know, the, uh, the, where, where therapists have guidelines. In other words, if you, if you have a degree in certain, I'm saying this so horribly, but the people will understand what I mean. There's not organizations out there. If you're a therapist um, and you tell, a ch- if you tell, you can't go, you have to follow guidelines. Right. And there's advancement, and they know that this is normal for kids to be gay, and you can go there, and they will explain this to you. Yeah. The only way you're right for what you're doing, and this is going to sound so sarcastic, and I think you even know in your gut of guts, someone listening, that this isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. The only way I'm wrong, if in 25 years they go, remember when they were this close to thinking being gay was okay, and then they, <laughs> that, then you'd be like, you're going to get the one that gets to say, I knew it. Right. I knew it. Everyone was telling right. me it's normal, it's normal, it's normal. And they found out, and now most 98% of therapists are telling you, no, kids that are gay need help. That's not going to happen. Right. It's not going to happen. So, you know... Just that's what I'm saying. That's the only way you're going to be right. Mm -hmm. So you have a power. You have you are you have that you have a superhero inside of you. And that superhero can make your child feel awesome. Utilize it. Utilize it. Because someone that watches their kid die of cancer will look at you with a little bit of disgust to go. I wish I had that power. I wish I had it. I would have made my child better. And you have it. So the here's the problem though is that much like the child with cancer the parents think that there is something wrong with their child. Well and no no but let me interject real quick yeah. unless they go yeah of course that's what they think yeah. on the surface but if they would go to 
you know, go to a therapist that would uh, say no and, and educate themselves. Because, you know, I've said this before, and, I'll, uh, and I'm going to say this again. We are repeating things today because I want it all isolated. So if you're a regular listener and you're going, they said that before. I want to take a little bit from every show, plus there's going to be some new stuff, and cram it into an hour and a half. Obviously. Why are you laughing? Because uh, I just something just occurred to me that the the slippery slope uh, where you know homosexuality becoming accepted as normal and gay marriage being uh, uh, legal and and just a mundane regular old thing the argument that that is going to lead to the downfall of civilization I think can be disproven by the idea that gay, gay people have been around since the dawn of time and all the times in our in the world's history that we have almost faced extinction um, or there's been any kind of um, you know genocide or atrocities or whatever it's never been about gay people that's never it's never been the case if you want to talk about Genghis Khan or Hitler or Stalin or whoever it's never been like Gay, pe- <laughs> gay people getting together and holding hands has been the impetus for this stuff to happen. So I think the idea that you have to be worried about gay people being accepted as normal, I think you can let, I think you can let that go as a threat. It's okay. Gay people are here already, and so the idea of not making them feel bad is the new thing. The idea of not making them feel shame, that's what's new. So let's explore that idea and see if it might not be a bad thing after all. Yeah, because, you know, I've said this, like what I said, what I was going to repeat in the same sort of area that you're talking about. We do, we accept all the advancements of a forward thinking society when it Mm -hmm. comes to making our life easier. And that's a little selfish when some, because to me, there's technological advancements, and that we love. We take them like, boom, give it to us, give it to us, give yeah. it to me. Well, we love that, phones, all that. And they're sociological advancements, and they're both fucking real. Mm-hmm. They're real. People that invent cell phones and invent computers, it's not hocus pocus. Either is um, psychology. Yeah. They have studied. That's why they know the difference between a murderer and a rapist and someone that's gay. Yeah. So to, to, to accept all the advancements of a forward-thinking society when it makes your life easier and only turn this type of thing away when it makes your life harder. Now, why does it make your life harder? Because you have to rethink something you were thinking. If you're right, I'll say it. Yeah. You're fine. If you're right, you're fine. In time, you'll get to say it. Mm-hmm. But if you're wrong, you're causing a lot of gut-wrenching pain to a lot of people. Because of pride. Because it's no one wants to find out mm-hmm. that they have been um, behaving poorly without even realizing it. It, it. It's like somebody said something once, and I wish I could quote him. I don't care about how wrong I've been. I care about how right I'm going to be. A listener sent that in, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really brilliant. And the, the thing that I want to say is I ask for consistent, consistency. I, I, I think that's me being so fair. Like, in other words, if you're going to disagree with me, okay, but now be consistent in your life. Mm. When you see someone that is a drug addict and you think, you know, we've all seen it and we have a little bit of empathy, but then when they take their kids away, we go, come on, man, get some help. You don't get 
to do that anymore. Now, I know you hate that I'm comparing your addiction to a drug addiction, but your addiction is not making you look bad. Your addiction is not making your teeth fall out. Your addiction is not making your face go gaunt. But it's killing someone that, that loves you. Yeah. Your addiction is killing somebody else. And some people would say that could even be worse. Now, that doesn't mean I don't love you. I love someone. That, I, I do mean this. If I had, I've had family members that have had addictions, and I love them with every ounce of – with every fiber in my body. But because you love someone, it doesn't mean you sit and watch them do destruction. So the next time you hear about a family and they had to take their kids away because the mom was on heroin or their dad or they were alcoholics, say – Go to yourself in your car and inwardly go, of course I'm using sarcasm to make a point, go, that's sort of like me. That's how hard it is. Let me tell you something. For anybody that's been through drug addiction, I have a lot of empathy for them, especially, and and while they're having it and not being able to do anything about it, I have a lot of empathy for them. But empathy and and admiration when they get over it, because it's fucking hard. And that's how hard it is for you right now because you, you want to wiggle to the right and wiggle to the left. And don't and you, you're, you're, you might feel like I'm cornering you and I'm comparing you to a drug addict. That's how they feel. Did you ever see someone at the show in intervention? When the, that's why there's an intervention because there's six people sitting around going boom, 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 boom. You can fight off one person. That's not. But when there's six, mom reads a letter, dad reads a letter, your little brother reads a letter, starts crying. And that makes that person feel cornered. And, yeah, that's why they get up and storm out of the room sometime. Mm-hmm. And that's what – mm-hmm. that's what I – again, I'm going to certain people that might be listening right now. That's how you feel. You feel cornered. Yeah. But I'll love you, but you got to take little baby steps. The answers are out there that your son or child is 100% healthy. Well, you, you talked earlier about – the technological advances, mm-hmm. it's never been easier to get information. It's never been easier to communicate with other people. Mm-hmm. So that stuff is at your disposal. You know, you will find, of course, you will find stuff that's saying homosexuality is this choice that people make and homosexuality is a sin. You will also find plenty of stuff that says, yeah, you know, uh, my son came out and um, it was hard for me at first, but uh, then I realized it's not a big deal. You know, I watched my mother go through it. My my brother's gay. I watched my mother like reason through this whole thing because she had been brought up one way her whole life, had no idea that her son was gay. He came out and I watched her over over the years, like figure this out and there was a process. By the way, I love that she figured that out before she figured out uh, your career. <laughs> <laughs> that that mystified her to the end. Um, but yeah, she look. She was. It's not like she was ever. I don't think she was ever totally comfortable or totally just. It never felt totally normal to her that my brother was gay, right? But she stopped making it seem like. It was a weird abnormality. She stopped making it seem like my brother was doing something wrong. And she, she to her credit, uh, never suggested that it was a choice that he was making. You know, um, It was something that was outside of her scope of experience that she grew to understand better and better the longer she was alive mm-hmm. because she kept thinking about it and she loved her son and she kept thinking right. about it. You know, she kept her mind open 
And she was raised Catholic, went to Mass every Sunday. You know what I mean? Um, so this was not somebody that was without morals or religion or whatever. She, she had a, 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 a set of rules uh, that she was brought up with that said, your son is not normal. She got past that and realized, no, my son is normal. This is a thing that exists in the world, and, right. and it's okay. And, you know... Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, um, you know, I think we're going to move past right now, which will be comforting for me, the, you know, dealing with specific parents or friends that are listening right now. And Mm -hmm. I think in that area, you know, I, I, look, let me just tell you this as as we sort of move on, but now we, like you said, hey, whether we can rattle parents or friends, you always feel like you, look, let me relax a little during the show. If I say parents, I'm talking about friends, you know, give me a, I feel like I just, someone will go, hey, I'm not a parent, I'm a friend that's having trouble. Whoever sent hey, you. Hey, there's two kinds of people in this yeah. world, friends and parents. And parents. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody sent you here. Now, either they did some good or didn't, but, you know, I said a long time ago, you don't, you don't, we should stop trying to say, should teachers be able to be gay? Should doctors be able to be gay? No, 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 stop it. You don't go issue by issue. You don't say, should, 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 you know, should women be able to be doctors? What about cops? Whatever they fucking want. <laughs> so the thing here to prove that, or to, uh, to, to get simplicity is that being gay is not an illness. Because that's yeah. what a lot of some people think that they think, well, no, you love your child, but if he has an illness, you love him and you get him help. Why don't you flip it a little bit, go somewhere, talk? If that's by the way, you if this isn't making you think a little, I say this, I, I really because there's nothing I want more than to have it soak into you, your fiber. Yeah. If it's not doing anything, then if it is, <laughs> I would give you a big hug. I would want to take you and hug you and just give you just like a, the biggest hug in the world. Mm-hmm. But if it's not. And your parents come back to you and this didn't do anything for them. Like Paul said, you have to know your your stability and your sanity isn't dependent on what your parents where we where we get them to. Yeah, I know if I get them somewhere, it's going to make your life easier, but it's not dependent on whether we get your parents to think logically what you are as a human being. You are absolutely fine and you need to know that. And you also should know. I should say this right now that I was really surprised after I went on the Mark Maron show how many people were awesome about this. Now, I knew a shit ton of people would be, but people come up to me after shows and they look like, you know, they're wearing a Flyers jersey in Philadelphia and they look like they may be, you know, hey, there's me prejudging. And and they come up and they talk to me. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I think, oh, they probably don't know, you know. Right. And then they go, hey, by the way, for what you did, good for you. You don't need to live a lie. And of course, you know what I do? I walk away and I tear up. Yeah. And there's a lot of people okay, out there like that. Yeah. That, uh, that. And that's why my whole thing is if you're already completely open-minded, speak up a little because it's so powerful. Yeah. And so we're going to sort of, you know, um, you know what? Maybe I will say one more thing while I feel, you know, they might listen to the whole show. But um. You know, for someone that's going through this, that's I got a, a letter from someone that's going through this that's bisexual, and I realized, first of all, I do believe that. Mm-hmm. I, uh, some people don't. I absolutely believe it. And by the way, I love when we get to decide, like, to me, if you're open-minded, you don't need a degree. But if you're going to be closed-minded, you better have a degree. 
Because you can't ever be too open-minded. Some people might go, you don't have a degree. Yeah, I'm using my non-degree to be open-minded and accepting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, what if I'm wrong? I'll really... Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Because it's like, if it's something else... Because if you're talking about bisexuality... And I'm about to say, I believe it with no degree, so why can't somebody else be hateful with no degree? Yes, there's a lot of people who say... Like, oh, I don't, I don't think that's – that's where they draw the line if they're open-minded. Yeah. It's just like, no, if you're gay, that's a natural thing. People are born the way they're born. It's like, oh, I'm bisexual. Mm-hmm. Nah, no, you're not. Yeah. That's not a thing. Well, of course there's people that get married to hide that they're gay. And there's, but there's people yeah. that are honestly bisexual. We're, yes, we know there's another category of people that they're not bisexual. They're just doing that because it makes their life easier. And then there's a group of people that are absolutely bisexual. Yeah. And as times go on, it's not going to be such a big deal. Like, you know, there's this, that sliding scale. There's some people that are, you know, might experiment in high school. Hey, it's going to get to the point where we'll even tell their story. Yeah, I did twice in high school. It was not for me. But, you know, and, and but now if, if you're if you're for putting numbers on it, if you're 10 percent bisexual, let's say there's a 10 percent interest. You might want to ignore it or do it and never talk about it or ignore it. 20 percent gets a little harder. 50 percent gets a little harder. But the thing is, we're, what were we talking about that led us into this about? Um, oh, yes. About someone that's bisexual. <laughs> Everyone just uh, Gasp! Uh, it's a moment of panic. Yeah, that I would take twenty minutes now to remember a thought. <laughs> that I had a, an extra layer of oh my god, that's got to be harder. And um, now you have people <laughs> in the other communities who are like, no. Well, I said empathy is not a competition. So yes, exactly. stop it. Exactly. Stop it. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I got a, a letter from a kid that said when he was. I forget what age, and I'm not using his name obviously because he said his parents said they found something. Uh, pornographic material and they said we will never discuss this again and I thought about it and I thought that's evil that's evil do I think the people that said it were evil no no they found I'm sorry they found Pornogra- same sex pornographic material yes okay yes and they and so we'll never discuss this never again. discuss this again meaning like i don't ever want to hear anything about you yeah. liking boys or girls yes. or whatever you the just situation was this, mind this, fucking him yeah like saying essentially this didn't happen and mm-hmm. it will never happen again and you put this out of your mind yes or we or, or you know don't and i thought hey there's someone out there listening right now that's either a parent that did that or a kid that went through it and i'm like that's Look, I'm, I'm going to have to, like, you know, I'm tr- you know what I said. I'm trying to, like, talk because I know there's some people that were sent here. Some weren't. But you, that's hard for me not to use my comedic tools mixed with my passion and go, you get to be a, you're a monster in disguise. Then <laughs> yeah. I know I go from one extreme to the other. Yeah. But you have, you, you look nice and you have a nice car and you have, your hair looks good. But I know words like monster and evil are not loving, caring words. But I think you know what I'm trying to say comedically. Look, maybe this is what I'm going to say before we sort of go off and hit other topics here. Mm. I'm not going to do it like I wanted to do it, but I really wanted to do it like this. I wanted to make up a fake story to let people see what it was like and hear the reactions of our audience. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll do a clean edit here. There was a but, – but for the people listening, if we'd leave it this way, you'll know that this didn't happen. But try to go to where it happened. If there was a story in the news about a gay couple – that were raising their child to be gay. He's, I'm going to make pretend it's real. I'm going to sell it from now like it's real. He's going to be on 2020 tomorrow night. He's 18 now. Such an articulate, brilliant kid. Do, doesn't speak ill about gay people. The kid himself understand that this was just this gay couple that was, you know, uh, sick, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to make him be gay. 
and child services didn't think they should go in and get this kid out of the house. So he lived there. They were made aware of this, and they let him be there. And he tried. He did have some homosexual experiences, but he explains the story that he didn't want to he was not gay. And, he's, and then I, if that was really in the paper, I'd go, oh, this is going to make every gay parent look horrible when it's one. And, and, and to say child services didn't go in and get the kid, people would be like, fucking what? Now, you don't have the invested anger right now because you know this is a fake story. But I think you know you're Claire. You'd be like, what? Mm. Well, flip it. Flip it now. If you're doing that to your child and telling him he needs help and you're going to be patient, but he, you know, he's straight or you're going to take him to therapy to get it's, – it's, it's just as bad. Child services, I know yeah. they can't. But, yes, in the perfect world, child services would step in and go, no, 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 you can't tell your child that he's not gay any more than you could tell a straight kid that he's gay. It is horrible either way. Mm-hmm. It's just horrible yeah. either way. I know. I don't imagine someone listening go. No, it's not either way. If you're telling, I like this guy, but he's not going to make any points with me if he just makes horrible. If you tell a straight kid that he's gay and try to get him to be gay, that's evil. But it's not evil the other way. Yeah. Well, it is. Yeah. So listen, this is where we're going to. You know, I say they might listen to the whole show, but you know what I mean. I'm going to. We'll. You know, I'm going to probably relax a little more now that I. We're moving on to other things. Some of it will be, you know, in this category. Um, I love this quote. It's never too late. This, uh, by the way, now we're sort of moving on to other topics and everything. We, you know, it, some of it will still be this issue that we're talking about right now. It's never too late to give up on your prejudice. Henry David Thoreau. What's his last name? Thoreau. Sent in by who? Real loud, if you don't mind, Chris. J. Mark Boissonneau. Oh, thank you. Real, oh, Paul. Okay. Uh, Martin Luther King. Chris, um, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It's just the only thing I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you took it away from me. It's for one. It's for one moment to share. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. Would you have pronounced those that that no, uh, French would, name as well as I did? I'm sure I was wrong. Um, Martin Luther King. I really sold it. Um. Uh, what did he say? What Martin Luther King? Oh, March there. Oh, yes. This is what I want to know. If you showed someone a picture of uh, in the marches, if you look closely, someone pointed this out to me. If you look closely, there's people that uh, in in the midst of all the marches that are predominantly uh, not white people, predominantly black people. Yes. You see some white people, mm-hmm. and I always thought it would be good to have a billboard that said, "Would circled them and said, would have that been you?" Yeah. Now, you might go, I'll never know. I'll never know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the best answer. To well, who wouldn't want to say I'll, yes? I'll never know. Right. Well, who no, wouldn't want to say what? yes? You, I, let, let me just yeah. get this out real quick. I think people would want to, most people want to go, I think the most open-minded you would get from the average person, not everybody, not everybody, there'd be people that obviously would go, no, that wouldn't be me because I'm not a fool, you know, mm-hmm. but there'd be a lot of people that go, I would hope. Yes. And you know, exactly. you don't have to guess. Yeah. Look at what's on the table today yeah. that that mirrors that, and where are you on that? Because yeah. that's where you would have been back then, whether you'd like to believe it or not. So, um, you know. I think I told you, I don't know if, I, if we talked about this here, but I, I went to a, um, there was a rally downtown, um, uh, it was a march for women's rights. 
um, because there was a, there was a lot of stuff happening in the news about um, reproductive rights, and uh, it was getting really bad. And um, so this uh, rally happened downtown that was organized by the uh, 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 well, it was not organized by the UCB, but they organized a group of people. Like they spread the word, we're going to have this. There's going to be this rally downtown. Let's all go and represent. And um, and I went with my wife and some friends, and I was very self-conscious about it. I felt very strongly about doing it, but I was very self-conscious about it, and I almost didn't go. Why? Just because – why did I feel self-conscious yeah. about it? Because I would be a dude at this women's rights rally, and I, I, I just – and that kind of – I've never been that involved in uh, – demonstrative political stuff like that where you actually go and you show yourself um and that was really what it was was i was outside of my comfort zone there but i got to a point where i realized i think it's time to start going outside of that zone of comfort where these things are concerned if it's something that i care about i think i have to do it i think no matter how uncomfortable it is i think i have to uh, start working towards these things in any way that I can. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point of just caring about right. it and not doing anything? You I, know? Paul, we're, we're, we're actually, we're going to talk about that a little when I, I ask know. people that are already <laughs> open-minded <laughs> to start being more vocal, yeah. including me. Yeah. And I, well, let, let's get to that when we get to it. But And, that, and I'm telling you, Todd, that idea that you've um, talked about here so much was a big part of my thinking in that. You know what I mean? Well, I, I'm it, happy about that. It's true. It's absolutely true. I'm, I'm very happy about that. Um, uh, let me let me just. Uh, by the way, I, I'm I'm aware of my interview styles right now. They're a little bit uh, j- a little bit rattled. You know, you said something, and then I'm like, okay, let me get over here. But at least I pointed it out, so somebody goes, oh, at least he's aware of it. I just want to. <laughs> I know what happens when I get through certain things, and then I get to a point where then I'm in a conversation with you that's back and forth and then right. i get some things out of the way and that's sort of where i'm at right now this is much lighter but i but you know i uh what, what's his name up there this uh martin what is it chris urbano. say it loud urbano okay it says if, <laughs> if i were one more time he'll appear <laughs> if, if i were gay i would introduce because it's hard to know like I don't like any of the terms. Like, that's, you know, uh, whether it's significant other or whatever, it's like, oh, they're all. Someone goes, what about husband? I go, I'd rather not be gay if I have to introduce someone as my husband. <laughs> I know that's horrible for someone else. By the way, this is me. For someone else that introduces your boyfriend as your husband or whatever you introduce, you're the strong one. You're the right one. I'm being honest about some of my problems. And this is what happens when you, you know, when I grew up like this. You know, it's all normal. I want to get out of it, though. But he's, But I think this is funny. He goes, He's not gay, but he goes, if I was gay, I'd introduce my boyfriend as my partner in crime. What is our crime? Disobeying the Lord. <laughs> I just love that. It's my partner in crime. Eh, we disobey the Lord. That's our, that's our thing. It's classic Urbano. Um, here we go. Here's, here's, here's something else. <laughs> Say it again. Classic what? Classic Urbano. Classic. Everyone knows. Yeah. Uh, um, Here's another thing in my head I think about it. You know, I think of people hearing this and wanting to just say that, you know, because if they say what, I, what, what I'm about to say, if they went, oh, you're right, well, then that'd be too easy. So they try to, you know, where, where can we find that he's wrong? And it says, I can read this one. Uh, I thought when you prejudge someone or you're not 100%, 100%, um, you're spitting in the name of a lot of people. And I'm going to give a few examples. One for the people that like to wave the American flag and you are 
you know, or the troops, the God bless the troops, God bless mm-hmm. the troops, God bless the troops. Maybe even a cousin or a son or a daughter mm-hmm. has lost their life in the military. Whether you agree with this or not, and I would imagine you wouldn't, unless you're not, a, you know, you have, you're an accepting person. If you are hateful towards a group, whether it's, you know, whatever group it is, you're spitting. You have one thing to do. You have the power to make their life or their death not for nothing. That's an amazing power. You can live on and make their life mean something. And you're indirectly spitting on their grave to go, you know, everything you fought for, because let's make no mistakes about it. All those wars are because of not being accepting and understanding and loving. And they died for that. Now, you might go, no, 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 they died for that right, that right, that. You don't get handpicked. Yeah. They died for everyone to be treated right and equal and, 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 and just right. That's all mm-hmm. I got to say. And you, and, and you have the power, to power, that's crazy power, to live your life as an accepting person. And where you're having trouble, like I said, you go get help. You go, I don't want to be this person. I have a child that died in the war. I want to li- live in his honor or her honor. You know, the same thing. If you're gay and you're prejudiced, and I, obviously, you know, if you're gay and you're, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're, you're prejudiced or you're, you're sexist or, you know, you know, you can talk about Matthew Shepard all you want. You have one thing to do to make his life not worthwhile, to make his life worthwhile. One thing. Again, extreme amount of power. And then you go on and you, you want to talk about Matthew Shepard. Matthew Shepard, it's sad. So, you know, but, you know, I could give other examples. Obviously, Rosa Parks, you know, if you're, if you're black and you're, 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 you're sexist or you're homophobic, same thing. Yeah. Don't well, do that. The thing is, it, it does that make sense what it, I'm saying? It does, but it, it comes down to no matter who you are, you have to cultivate empathy. You know, you you really have to cultivate some sense of we're all human beings, and What's we all that say have, right there. It says empathy and and where was it? Cycle next on the list. It was next on the list. God, I love Paul F. Tompkins well, so much. Tom. I remembered to put the F in. <laughs> God, I'm sorry. But, I'm sorry. But it really is like. I find that um, it should be the older you get and the more you experience of the world and the more you experience of other people, um, your mind should expand and you should understand, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of all pretty much the same. We all have the same, um, you know, the, the same feelings. We all have the same hopes, desires, dreams, whatever. We're really not that different. And... A gay relationship is not that much different than my heterosexual relationship. It's the same stuff. It's the same. You have the same uh, highs and lows that everybody has. Like, that's the way it's supposed to work, is that you're not supposed to just get smaller and smaller and smaller um, unless you are afraid, you know. And so, uh, so much of all of this stuff is fear. It's about fear. Um, but I don't, I don't understand how... Th- you know what you're what you're talking about uh, with um, you know uh, loving the troops and and praising the troops and the troops uh, they're there to protect our freedom. Well, what do you think that means? You know the the, the whole idea of America was founded on the, the idea that America was founded on was you could be who you wanted to be and nobody was going to tell you you can't be that thing. Or you're going to be put in jail, especially or you're going to be put to death. Especially when you know, I think the main thing is, and again, sensible people know this, but I don't take for granted if there's three people listening that are going, you know, well, what about murderers? We're, 
come on now. If, if, and you might think, Todd, you're going to address that? Nah, it's my neuroses. Yeah. To go two people that aren't hurting anybody. Yeah. Two people that aren't exactly. hurting anybody. Exactly. You know. We, we were, you know, the Puritans came over here um, in the 1600s, and they weren't the nicest people in the world. They were fleeing uh, England because um, they could not practice the very puritanical religion that they wanted to practice, so they came here. Um, they probably did more, more harm to people uh, as a small group coming to America than uh, any gay person has well, ever done just by being gay. That's why when I say I ask for consistency, look, you know, we're both when, – when, when every – as we're talking about everything, I, I always think, okay, what are we saying that's helping change somebody? You know, exposed to just, you know, me spewing out something there. Eh, somebody's listening, blah, 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 blah. Sometimes, you, you know, you feel like you're hitting something from an angle that could make someone go, someone that's having trouble with their kid but still mm-hmm. a rational, decent human being. So, so I always love when people say, you know, it ruins the sanctity of marriage to allow it. Well, I think straight people have done enough to ruin the sanctity of marriage yeah, by the absolutely. divorce rate being 50%. Yeah. So stop it. Yeah. You don't care about the sanctity of marriage. Cut it out. Yeah. Stop it. Be consistent. Yes. Be consistent. Let's you not know. pretend. Let's not, yeah, right. Like, if you, you know, you, you can only agree to disagree when the other person's having valid points. I, that's yeah. why that term exists. Agree to disagree. Yeah. It doesn't come over four plus four is seven. Right. That's not when you agree to disagree. That somebody's wrong. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I'm going to repeat it one more time. If you go to a reliable psychologist, a children's psychologist, overwhelming, it's, they're, they're going to tell you, yeah, this is, you know. And when you reap the benefits, again, of all the, you go to a mechanic, Oh, does it make, I'm going to use the same thing because I think sometimes when you say therapist, people go, oh, ever therapy, therapy, therapy. It's, it's not hocus pocus. When your mechanic tells you something, oh, well, excuse me, my mechanic thinks as he went to school and studied cars that he – no, he knows what he's fucking talking about. And that's why you listen to a mechanic. Hey, you're taking a road trip? You might want to check this, that, and that. Not because he's God, because he studied that. Yeah. And that information is up for your – Having you should put change with your, your child. Yeah, you should put change in your tires because of the snow. Like no, yeah. What do they know? That's not true. Right. So that information is out there for you. The same way you would go to a mechanic to ask a question about your car or call a professional plumber in. You owe it to your child to call in a professional. Yeah. And if you don't, that's how about sad. This? How about this too? Uh, you could also, following that same analogy, you could also listen to your child, who's the expert on being gay, where you are not. So if you want to know what... <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, here's like, the problem with that. The parent listening goes, my child doesn't... We're trying to make a parent realize that we're not... I'm, what I'm saying is don't trust me that your child's okay. Right. I'm saying don't trust me your Volvo's okay. Don't right. trust me that your sink doesn't need to be fixed. But you can I'm just trust saying, your child that your child's okay. Well, you know what you, I mean? Well, I'm saying if you don't, at least go to an expert in no, that area. I understand, Todd. I understand what you're oh, saying. Oh, yeah, sure you do. Wouldn't but it be I'm great saying, if we got into a fight but right I'm now? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying it might even be simpler than that, you know? For, that, for, think about it for the parent right now listening that's, uh, that doesn't want to trust their child. They think their child, oh, no, they, of course he thinks he's okay. He needs I'm help. I'm trying to tell them to trust their child. Well, believe me, uh, you're right. Trust your child. Oh, for the parent who's listening, let me say this. Uh, gay people... Um, they just want to be gay with other gay people. <laughs> they are not well, interested in. Yeah. They're not interested in converting the world. Oh, if yeah, that yeah. if that's a thing you're worried about. 
It's, you know. <laughs> the empathy, you know, uh, we, let's, well, let's do this. Let's take, you know, that was, what, what, what are we at now? We're at about an hour five. You know what? That's a good place to be. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, read some emails. And uh, that first sort of segment went on, you know, we, we, we said we were going to say goodbye to some of those parents that were listening. But, you know, I mean, obviously you're welcome to stick around. But we're done. We're, now we're just going to talk, not try to rattle anybody out of belief. Now we're just going to have a conversation, which will be a little more relaxing for me. But I hope, you know, I hope that we did something. And I hope, you know, well, there we go. You never know. You never know. <laughs> That's a good way to wrap it up. Okay, we'll be, well... We'll be right back. Maybe you'll hear a little music, and then we'll come right back. Did you like that little piece of music? So I'm going to rip... I did. What, did. what did I play? You'll know what I played. It was ethereal. It's whatever you say it is. <laughs> they heard it. <laughs> the magic of doing It was things. Orinoco Flow by Enya. Okay. Did you like it, everybody? I loved, I, everyone loves it. I want to thank a few people that have sent me emails. Um, <laughs> it better be good. <laughs> oh, it's the best. It's only going to be like 10 seconds. Um I want to thank a few people. Anybody that sent me a letter about most of the letters, I used to say if you're 90% or get to 100%, if you're 100% or be more vocal. I want, I, those letters resonate with me. They mean a lot to me. When someone says, I think I let you down, it's like, oh my God, you didn't let me down. The fact that you even think that you Mm -hmm. let me down lifted me up and made my whole day. And I get how hard it is. I've still been in situations where you speak up. And I think when I tell people I get how hard it is, they'll go, okay, he knows, he knows. Yes, but I'm doing it myself. You know, somebody says something. Again, the thing that I, I find it cathartic to say is you don't have to go, whoa, 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 whoa. In this house, we won't be. You <laughs> can figure out a way to do it very subtly. You can go, hey, no big deal, and I don't want to. But remember that those people never care about making anybody uncomfortable. They don't ever think, right. hey, before I let out a horribly sexist or homophobic or racist joke, you know, because I said there's two levels of, of people that are hateful. There's people that are hateful but smart enough to know that not everybody else is hateful. Mm-hmm. So they're secretive with their hate until they get around their closest of close friends to spew out their hate. Yeah. And then there's another level of hateful people that don't think, dare you think everybody else at the Thanksgiving dinner doesn't believe in gay marriage? Yeah. No, they all must think what I think. So I'll just say it. Forgetting that a, a term I use a lot, crushing an adult, but especially a child. They never think about mm-hmm. that. They never get home in their car and go, geez, I made that horrible joke, and, or I made my opinion that might have made up. They don't, so don't you be so afraid to stick up for the other people. Don't think of ruining um, the night because you don't have to. Think about that you will make someone's night. Yeah. I happened to me when I was a child and somebody said something. Uh, you know, just a little bit offensive, and I th- and then someone corrected them, and I mm-hmm. felt great. You know, so and then, but the people that were saying I have to be, you know, have to be more vocal. I get it. You think, oh, is this the time? Maybe it's not the time. And sometimes you might go, it's not. Sometimes yeah. you might, but I don't think you ever can. Do- to be honest with you, even though I empathize when you decide it's not the time, I will tell you this: it's never not the time. 
Yeah. It's just do I do I understand that sometimes it was the time, but you just didn't have it in you. Yeah. But the question is, could it ever, could you ever make a mistake? Like defend somebody now you might yell and scream i don't want someone listening there turning to their wife because they handled it in a horrible way and go see todd says always speak up there is a decorum that you have is that the word yeah that you have to do this but you know I, it's hard for me to be too hard on anybody that ever defends a group even if maybe they were a little over the top your heart's in the right place yeah. even you know so anybody that sent me a letter uh that said you know that they're trying to do that it means a lot to me. Lucas Holmes, you sent me a letter about empathy, which was magnificent, and we're going to put it on the uh, Facebook page. And um, so there, there's that. Um, the, 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 somebody said this, and I'm sure you'll have a quick answer to this, Paul. Um, let, me, let me see if I can find it. Um, you know what? I feel so bad, the person that sent this in. I don't have their name in front of me, but you'll know it's you because only one person asked this. Um, should gay people not get married? Because, you know, there's people that are straight that aren't getting married till all gay people can no. get married. I, I figure that was the answer. But explain why to some very nice uh, – it was a, a younger person that asked, and they asked in a very uh, nice way. Like yeah. it was not like – they're not trying to be argumentative. It's almost like they wanted ammunition the next time they heard someone say that to be able to go, here's the difference. It is the – perhaps the least effective tactic – that I've ever heard of in trying to get something done because not only does it not hurt anybody, but the people that, um, that aren't getting married in the first place. Like there's nobody, there's nobody who's saying, Oh, I wish those two would get married, but they won't until gay marriage is recognized, uh, legally throughout the land. So, I don't, I don't, what do we do here? Like, it just, it sounds pretentious. Um, and what it does is you're bolstering the case of people who say if homosexuals get their way, they're going to destroy uh, heterosexual marriage. That's, you are making their point for them because you're saying we're heterosexuals and we're not getting married until gay people can get married. So, that's in a weird way these other people these bigots can feel justified like see what happens now uh gay people they're tearing down traditional marriage in this way you're you're you're, um, you're, you're misunderstanding i think the question just a little bit he's saying but by the way glad you did because you made another point that i think is very valid mm -hmm. you're saying that straight people should still get married Yes. Right. And also, my friend has that problem. He said, you know, he has he is a cop and he gets great benefits and he really does want to, you know, not get married. But it's you know, he doesn't know what to do. But the question was for people that let's say they do admire that. Oh, you're going to you're going to think this question isn't even. Well, I don't want to say it from a, from a very kind email. I don't want to throw him under the bus because mm -hmm. every question, especially when it's about trying to be more open minded, is a great question. Yeah. He said. If some people think, well, gay people, uh, straight people shouldn't get married, what about gay people? Because if you're gay and you can get married in Florida, let's say, well, there's still people in Cleveland that can't, you know, wherever they can't get married. Oh, come on. Th that's ridiculous, right? But, but people travel to the states where it's, where it's legal right. and they do it there. And we're fighting for gay people to get married so that if they're, if they're doing it state by state, yeah, you, that's the object is where it's now, legal to start doing it. Now I see why I didn't understand that because it doesn't make sense. Okay. All right. I'm sorry to who wrote it. But, you know, I think, if you're, I think you're probably, if you're an intelligent person, and I'm saying you are, 
maybe even hearing it. Yeah, because here's what's going on uh, for people that are saying we're fighting for gay people to get married. So more I, underst- I more understand if there's a straight person. I get that. If they go, I'm I not mean, doing it till everybody can do it. I get that. Yeah. But, but the reason is you don't throw gay people into that is because we're fighting for them to get married. So yeah. where they can get married, that's the goal. Start getting married. Is, not- the, is the idea of out of solidarity that if you live in – if you're a gay person who lives in Florida – and it's le- is it legal in Florida? I can't I'm just I'm making up states. I don't know. Uh, if you if you're in uh, Massachusetts and you get married, then um, because it's not legal in Pennsylvania, do you should you feel like well we shouldn't do it? You know, yeah, that's not the no. way. No, if you're if you're in Pennsylvania, go to Massachusetts and get married. Right. And then this is um, Ben Black sent this in a long time ago, and I really sometimes on the show I have you know obviously like you know I, I talk for a living, but I have. I get tongue-tied, and he sent something in that I thought it really made me feel good about what he said. It just, oh, we have, guess what I just realized? I have no headsets on. Anyway, not that that was important to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to lead to something else. No, no. I know, so, so I can do this. So just the highlighted part? Yeah, just the highlighted part. Uh, yeah, Ben Black said, sometimes you put into words things I couldn't quite articulate on my own, and other times when you're struggling to get at what you mean... It forces me to articulate my feelings to meet you halfway. Either way, you're helping people turn vague notions into solid mindsets, clear ways of thinking that help keep the poison out. Good on you. Well, I, that, let me tell you something, Ben Black. I really appreciate getting that, and uh, you said it more articulately than I could have ever said it. Martin Luther King here. It said uh, It's a quote from Martin Luther King. Uh, read his name and then the, the yellow parts. Uh, from Tyson Mott, he said... Oh, because I always say that... Um, uh, well, go ahead, read what he said. Oh, I'm always saying if you're a 90 percenter, why do I have so much frustration? 90 percenters, you're right. pretty open-minded, but you, you know, you're still going, oh, but why do they want this? Or why do they... I, 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 my, my son is, is gay, and a matter of fact, or my daughter's gay, and her girlfriend went on a trip with us last year, and we had a great time, and we loved her. But with the marriage, what's wrong with the civil union? To me, that's one area of a 90 percenter mm-hmm. so so he put in martin luther king sort of echoed those words it makes me feel like i'm on the right track to why that is sometimes even worse for me so right. can you he said i thought of this while listening to your last serious podcast i believe it is the point you're trying to make when you talk about 90 percenters and uh it's a quote from martin luther king jr uh the negro's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku klux Klanner but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice. Uh, Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. You know what? I'm going to pull an Oprah. Stop and take that in because that's just... Matter of fact, guess what I'm doing? I'm going to play that again. He said, I thought of this while listening to your last serious podcast. I believe it is the point you're trying to make when you talk about 90 percenters. And uh, it's a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, The Negro's great stumbling block in his stride towards freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klanner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice. Uh, Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. 
lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. And there, you just heard it again. That now, just everyone look under your seats. Look under your seats. There's kazoos. That, that, that was the just... The worst Oprah giveaway. <laughs> oh, oh, that. I thought you meant... I didn't even put that together. A brand new car. You get a kazoo. Gold kazoos. <laughs> um, I don't know why. We're, we're sort of... As we, as we, you know, we got a little while. You're okay, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a great person. I, I always think that it's... <laughs> I always think that... Um, when you hear someone talk about something they don't know anything about, like if you were at a party, and I'm going to go back to mechanic or plumber, or whatever, it's always like we respect those. That's that that boggles my mind, as Irv Homer used to say growing up in Philadelphia, because we do respect so many professionals, and I I think people, when it comes to comedy, the same thing happens. Believe it or not, you think, oh well, we all have our opinion, but well, yes and no. Like, why are you leading when you should be listening? And if you want to know what you look like, when you know when people go, oh, like, um, well, here's what we should do with people in prisons. Here's what we should do right. with people in prisons. Well, right. well did, did you study that? Because I would think the outcome of most people would be want less murderers on the street and less rapists and less, you know, dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you say and you really want that, you would go, I want that. Now let's divert to experts to get that. Right. And – it, I heard a woman that was on, you know, it was one of those, you turn on and there's like just a heartwarming story and she was brutally attacked and raped. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, look, when you say forgive, you know, the, the, the person says, can you say the interviewer, almost a little stupid, goes, so you're saying you have not an ill place? In your, and she very articulately explained, no, I don't want to ha- hang out with that person. But that person operated on, and then we'll go back to the prison thing, what, the way I feel about that, um, how we should treat our prisoners. Um, that She said the reason she forgave that person, which we hear this a lot. We hear people, in, in a, you know, they've had their child killed by a drunk driver and they forgave. In some cases, even there's a, a two, a, two women that tour around uh, that talk about drunk driving. It's the woman that killed her son and her and the mother, mm-hmm. which to me is, you know. The, the only, only positive thing you could do with a, just a god-awful situation. Mm-hmm. So you hear those situations of extraordinary people that forgive other people, and sometimes it even, you know, this one even was hard for me, but I knew she did the right thing. And the way she said it brought clarity to it. She goes, the guy who attacked me operated on fear and hate. I operated on peace and love, and I won. And I love that she said she won because it's like almost indirectly going, I don't want to, I'm not a saint. I'm just saying I won. I like to win. And by operating on, fee, on, on, on love and uh, forgiveness and peace, she won. And that's just what, you know, when I, I, I just think when people say put him in prison and lock him up. And like, whoa, 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 whoa. I would imagine you did a shitload of research to find out that's going to end the negative things that are happening in this world. See, and I don't do that. I go, I want to hear what experts say. If experts say, if you take away their TVs, then they'll, this will take away their fucking TVs. But I don't just have this opinion. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't lead. It's like... Well, yeah, it's the idea that, uh, hey, these guys have broken a law and they've gone to prison. And what prison is for is for them to be treated as horribly as possible. The idea. And by the way, let me interject real quick. 
this sounds crazy, but people will know what I'm saying. If treating them as horribly, if they, they go, yeah, that's what makes it, it all works. We end up with less. I go, okay. But, it, but, but I think experts will say it. That's, I, I think probably most experts will say that. Yes, not, yes. That's By the way, I'm not saying this shouldn't be locked up. I'm not a maniac. Well, Unfortunately, things happen to people. We need to lock them yes. up. But it's, we're talking about what to do they when they're locked the up. The idea of prison is... These people have uh, transgressed the laws of society. The law, it's, it's one thing that we have, um, you know, we have the court system, we have laws, and it says these things are illegal. And the reason those things are illegal is because they transgress the laws of society. You're not supposed to take another person's life. You're not supposed to rob people. You're not supposed to do these things. That's what makes us a society. So if you break one of these laws of society... Uh, you are removed from society for a, a period of time um, that is deemed appropriate for you to um, learn to not do that anymore. The punishment is your removal from society. That's the punishment. It's not the idea that – the idea of prison is not that, you know what, you rob this guy's house. So we're going to send you a place where you will be assaulted every day for the rest of your, you know, for the rest, you know, for for 10 years and then you'll get out. You know, that's the that's not what the punishment is supposed to be. That is a thing that happens in prison, but that's not the idea of it. And sometimes you do have to get philosophical about these things. You do have to remember that's not why that was set up. Prison was not set up as we're going to send you to a place where people are just going to beat the shit out of you. You're going to be sexually assaulted. Um, and when you, <laughs> when you come out of there, you're going to be a shell of a human being. That's not the idea. And so when you remove TVs, when you serve them uh, slop, when you make them wear um, pink uniforms or whatever like that crazy guy in Arizona does – when you dehumanize people and humiliate them, that's not supposed to be the idea of this. And so prison reform is a very important thing. And it. Yeah, will... we're not two kooks sitting here going, yes. we get, uh, you know, things happen and people have to be removed. But so, so here's, here's the point. Here's why you want prison reform. And here's why you want that to get better. It's so that we get better as a society and we become more humane. And so the idea is somebody who goes to prison because they robbed a house or for whatever crime that they committed will say, oh, OK, I, I have a chance now to redeem myself. There's a chance to re to truly rehabilitate someone and. Uh, and re-educate them. Maybe they didn't. Get, maybe they had a, a, a rough time. How they grew up, where they come from. This is now we have a chance to make those people into better people and actual members of society. Right, and and, and the goal of a, of a of a reasonable person shouldn't be to hear this and think of examples to go right to, rush there yeah. to go. Well, I'm a, yes, I would agree that there's probably certain people in prison that can't be rehabilitated, but it's about the ones that can. Yes, there's levels of it. You know what right. I mean? There's there's levels of it. It's not just like you just dump everybody in there. Like somebody who's a, mm -hmm. who's a psychopath or a sociopath that that kills people and that is you know psychologically proven to be beyond redemption. That's a whole different story than a guy who stole a TV. You know. Yeah, and by the way, not only would it be uh, again there's and again there's a lot of people going oh they're they're talking about yeah the, no shit what they're saying we're talking about should you know but there's I've I've been at dinners where somebody says something ah you know lock them away put away the key blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and it's it, it, it even for the people that there's no chance of them ever getting out of prison if they were treated kinder in prison there'd be less 
obviously there'd be less people that are in there working getting hurt too. Yes. There, you know. So anyway, and guess what? Not everybody in prison is there for the same reason. They're not all equal. They didn't, they didn't all do the same thing. Some people might be innocent too, and they ended up in prison. You know, so while we're yeah, so we're 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 you know, I don't know why I feel I wanted to talk about this this next thing, believe it or not, because it seems a little lighter. We've talked about this a lot, Paul. Todd, <laughs> um, I can't believe how hard it is. I, I I look I I I with some work. There was a comedian that we was arguing over using the word retarded. And by the way, Paul, you know we've talked about this before. There's yes. probably still some people. Yeah. You know, you know my theory on that. They all say everyone's so sensitive. And I got into this thing with my I, I want to be very vanilla here because it's someone I know and it's their well, they're not going to listen to Pius. Someone I know and it's their boyfriend. Right. And he talked about some of those words. He used the word retarded. And that I'm we'll talk about. But then when comedians Defend it. I I don't understand that. Yeah. That that's what just you know. It's just really you're a I wordsmith, it. and it's it. like, well, well, okay. Let me let me just get this out, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I really do want to. But I don't understand. This person seemed to be this way. We can't say this word. We can't say that word. We can't say this word. It's like what's next? Well, why do you want to know what's next? Well, you're basically going. When am I going to be done evolving? Yeah. Like what do you mean? What's next? Like oh, I learned this. I learned this in math. I learned that in math. What do I have to keep learning math? Why don't you want to keep evolving? Yeah. Why don't you want to go? Yeah. And here's my point: Why you should stop saying that word before you think someone should stop saying that word? You have to ask what they think of the words in the past, mm-hmm. because before I even I'll lecture someone, I have to ask some questions. I'm going to ask a question. I'm going to have to come up with sort of a fake answer because no one else is, you know, the person. But if you ask somebody. Hypothetically, did you stop using the word Jew me down because eh, you just got tired of being corrected? You know, because there are those people. They just right. got, or, and you, I, I, and, and I did this with this person. I go, be honest with me. You're in a room with me. We can agree to disagree. Uh, I, I want you to be honest with me. Did you stop using the word Jew me down because you realized, well, Jewish people are very sensitive and I got yelled at and I just, but that's not what I meant. I just meant get a bargain. Or did you stop it because, Jewish people were, and by the way, we always say Jewish people. How about, you know, it's like saying, you know, you, people that aren't Jewish that get that that's offensive. Anybody yeah. intelligent or yeah, Jewish, yeah. especially maybe because it hits home a little worse. And they went, no, that, that's not nice. I go, and again, we're having an intelligent conversation. We have to use these words. Would you use the word nigger rig or nigger rich? Because, well, yeah, it's okay to say it, but you got, or di- because if they're saying, if, if someone's saying to me, no, that's that's horrible to use someone's being as an adjective. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. Mm-hmm. The same thing I say with uh, with uh, you know with Jerry's kids. It used to be okay at a comedy club to say somebody would drop something, yes. and then someone would go, "Oh, Jerry's kids oh are here tonight." God, Did you yes. stop saying that because it was unfair? So you know, either way, someone's going to answer. Yeah. I would imagine someone's going to go with if you, when you use the words in the past mm-hmm. that well, they're still hateful people, but you know what I mean. We've come a little. We've come a. We've come a further way with the words I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Most people would say, no, I wouldn't use those words because that's so you, so you don't think you, you, you don't think, oh, they're, they're so sensitive. Those groups, we, we weren't doing anything wrong. But, you know, no, you'd go, no, they weren't sensitive. They were offended. Rightfully so. Yeah. Then why do you think the words that are on the table now are going to be any different? Why are you holding on like it's a life preserver? Yeah. 
And they always want to say everyone else is so sensitive. And again, I'm, I'm done because I've said this before. I'm just trying to squish it all in the one episode. You're sensitive. Mm-hmm. You don't want to believe it. And somebody, this person said, well, if people wouldn't just – I'm tired of being yelled at. I go, you know what? I go, and I don't want to say the person. Really? You, you were never yelled at. Yes. People that are, are, are defending tired other people's rights. Yelled at. Yeah, you were never yelled at. Yeah. You know how I know? People that are defending other people's rights are usually intelligent, and they're not yelling at you. No one's yeah. saying, you stop using the word retarded. It's yeah. offensive. No, they probably pulled you aside and you felt like a little kid. When yeah. a little kid gets reprimanded, he goes into the room and he tells, Daddy yelled at me. Yeah. But if you saw a reenactment, you go, well, Daddy didn't yell at you. He corrected you. Mm-hmm. And a little kid feels yelled out. As an evolved adult, you're supposed to go, you were never yelled at. No one aggressively ever said, don't say Jew me down. It's disrespectful. No, no. You were kindly... In, in probably 100% of these situations, you're just getting fed up with growth. Yeah. Now, take it to a comedian. What, what do you think the reason is? When I w- it's laziness. It's laziness. Pure and simple. Comics don't want to give up a joke that has a punchline, that has a powerful word in it, because then they have to write a new joke. It's laziness. That's all it is, Todd. Right? Am I wrong? No, no. That's all it is. Because you know those words have an impact, and now they have a different impact. They have more of an impact. We're in this... We're, in the, we're on this bubble right now where they have more of an impact. It works even better because they're a little taboo, but it's going to go on the other side. That bubble's going to pop, and pretty soon you're going to be the other side of it where it's like, ugh. Like, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. like doing that 1970s, you know, black voice. You know, there was a period where all of a sudden it's like, oh, I can't believe that guy's doing that. Like, that's horrible, you know. But there was a time when you and I were coming up in the clubs where that was a hilarious thing that nobody questioned, yeah. you know. And now it's it's not cool anymore. Eventually, it's going to be that way. I, when I was younger, I used the word retarded. We all did. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like a thing we said. And then gradually, and nobody ever yelled at me. I gradually realized, oh yes, I I, I I seem to be noticing that people have a problem with this word, and that it's an impolite word to use, and that it hurts somebody's feelings. Not that. Oh, people are so sensitive these days, but that there's there's a group of people who have been described that way and would prefer not to hear that word anymore. Rightful. It's as simple as right. that. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm not going to use that word anymore because there's a million words at my disposal, right? And my 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 job is knowing words to use for impact, to make them funny, to make people laugh. It's my job to use these words, to construct them in such a way that people laugh. And everybody's having a good time. Mm-hmm. So, And you're a my, wordsmith, by the way. Yes. Whatever comedian you are, I know that's a, that's a you know, that wordsmith. But, yeah, you're a wordsmith. But we all are. Right. We, you're, no matter, no, you're supposed I mean, I, to. Look, I use, I, I, I use uh, my, my, my uh, use of vocabulary is probably different than a lot of comedians. People that just talk plain folks whatever you still you choose words carefully for the impact that they have you know mm-hmm. not to shock people yeah. to make people laugh you, and, but okay. but i would say my point is i so i stopped using that word in my life much less on stage and it has had zero impact on me zero impact on my life i'm still walking around right. a free united states citizen and i never once felt like oh i want to say that word so bad right. but i can't do it well they always say like you know what it's basically saying when you go i'm not going to be able to say anything anymore 
I, Paul, that's when I want to. I put my hand on the top of my head because it hurts in the back. Yeah. Because because ignorance, you know, and it's like I'm not going to be able to say any offensive words anymore. That's like saying if you go to therapy with somebody and you wait, what what we're doing is basically we're asking you to be sensitive yeah. or not sensitive, understanding of other people's feelings. Yeah. If you're in therapy and uh, a husband said to his wife. You know, I feel this way, and it hurts me when you say that. And she goes, oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to say anything to you anymore. Yeah. That's, no, no, that's not what therapy is about. You're going to be able to say a lot. You're just going to learn how to say it. And, you know, I did this once um, with a friend. I don't know if I could do it with a stranger. But to me, you know, I, it, to me it could be really powerful if you just find out something about the other person and with a straight face sell it. When somebody uses the word retarded, go, you know what's funny? They use the retarded like when someone does something stupid. I always say Jew. To see how they react, right? Because you're you're do if you can do that with a straight face and go, oh my god, I'm sorry. And they go, they're going to go, why? I go, I maybe it's because of where I grew up. But we always the Jew. If if you know they're Jewish, say that. Mm-hmm. If you know, because it, it, I I would really be curious. This person knew what I was doing, and they were like, all right. But I would be interested in a in a situation where you just found out something about that person. They go, they use the word retarded, or if they say the word gay, and you go, I don't. It's funny. You say gay because it's dumb, right? No, no, I don't care. I don't care. It's funny because my family, we, we say woman. Like when we right. see a movie, we're like, oh, who would want to see that? We just woman in our house always meant dumb because I, I don't know. I guess my, my – well, I guess, you know. They're going to be like, what? You can't – I can't imagine they'd be like, person that used those words. I cannot imagine – and these are all fake scenarios because I'm playing both parts. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine someone going, oh, yeah, I say woman instead of retarded. That They would go, oh, well, you know, whatever word you use is fine with me. Obviously, I'm using the word retarded. I'm not going to be like, you can't say woman. No, yeah. you, so you say woman. They're going to be a little bit like – Inwardly, wait a second. Yeah. You can't use me for the adjective for stupid. <laughs> you use that for the ad- I'll use whatever I want for the adjective of stupid. If you're gonna if you're gonna defend your grounds, yeah. you know, I say both of us don't use a human being as the adjective and we find a good adjective. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Express yourself better. Um it's not hard. Um Make it very clear all the time. When someone asks you to stop saying something, we love when people say you can't. Oh, you know, and it's, by the way, as we move on, it's always the comedians that say, uh, you know, you can't say anything anymore that have nothing to say. Yes. George Carlin, find any any, uh, article where he talks about what he can't say because you can say anything you fucking want. Now, maybe people might argue with what you say and not agree with what you say. Yeah. But, you know. It, you can say a lot. Yeah. You can say a lot. It sounds – it's again, it's my voice I always go to. You can't say that word. No, I won't be able to say anything. Yeah. Oh, stop it. Back then. We're almost – we're doing good. Back then. What did you say? Um, I'm, I've been on this – I've been on this – you know, I, I started – kick, uh, when jag. I was, uh, no, keep going. What if I yeah. – <laughs> Spree. No. <laughs> Spree. Spree's closer. Spree. Mission. Oh. Ooh. It's getting interesting. Uh, for people that say back then. Um, and um, I just feel like a lot of the problems. And, and you know what? Nothing. I'm, I'm echoing some of the things I said before. Nothing makes me happier than I get a tweet from somebody or an email that goes, thanks for defending us. Because I felt the same way when I was 25. People were still saying back then, back then. Yeah. And I said, I think kids are doing pretty good today. If, if every child in the world today rep- was one child, 
the child services would come in and take them away because we're not giving them any compliments. <laughs> right. And, and pe- I could never say – by the way, some of the other stuff I say, oh, I've said that before. I'm sorry. I said that before. I'm sorry. Oh, someone's listening. Todd, you're, come on. We, we lo- you know, you're just- this one I will never apologize for because I could never say this enough to match how much they're hearing it from the other end about, you know, adults going back then, all our problems back then, back then. When all our problems are because of what you did back then, I'm surprised. You know how I know kids overall are pretty decent today? Because no one, I've never seen a kid haul off and plow an adult, punch him in the face. Because now if a kid's wrong, well, then he'd be wrong. But I think he's right. If, if, if a child or a kid, a kid, I should say, or a young adult understands that most of the problems we have today are from what happened back then. And then not only does an adult not acknowledge that, but he blames the kid. Imagine the, when you rightfully, the rage that would build in you that yeah. you're saying, I'm not going to attack you, but you're certainly not going to tell me it's my fault when I know it's your fault. Yeah. To haul off and just punch him. You're not going to blame me for all the problems. We're making strides and being open-minded and accepting. You're going to blame me. So you did everything so right back then. How'd everything end up so fucked up? Right. And the new thing that I've been trying to talk about in my act is people, when people say back then, like they'll go, back then a, um, a guy would... Uh, you know, open up a he, he'd open up a door for a lady. You know, or he'd get up when she walked into a room. Yeah, and he wouldn't let her vote. You dumb fuck. <laughs> it's a trade up. Yeah, it's a trade up. Exactly. And and the thing that I explained to my nephew, and I don't even think he understand. And tell me if I'm wrong. You, I mean, I know we're always pretty much on the same page. But tell mm-hmm. me if I said I don't think people paid for women back then or opened doors for them out of respect. It was because now I'm using sarcasm, obviously, to make my point. Where would she get money? She's a housewife, right. and you better open the door for the frail little lady. Yeah, it wasn't respect. It was like women are frail, and women are. It and was when people all go, about yes, it was all about the gender roles of the time. Yes, yes. I will get up, and, and about equality and inequality. Yes, yes, absolutely. And when people talk about opening the door, I always go, I open the door for anyone behind me. Yeah. So I'm they, <laughs> exactly, they think I'm yes. spitting on opening the door. Yeah. No, I'm just you know. So I love when you can, you know, look. This is probably in a weird way. This is sort of what we'll – there's one more thing to talk about after this, just so you know where we're going and you know how much energy you exhaust. I can, I can count pieces of paper. You're good? Yeah, you can yeah. see them here. <laughs> to me, it's it's just – you know, it's just – I don't think we're at a horrible place in the world. I'm not trying to give people positive – I'm not trying to delusionally think things are right. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are going forward. But if we look at it, like, I know when you see these school shootings and you go, oh, what's going on? And, you know, and, and it, but somebody tweeted me this and I loved it. It's just it's just to me comedically taking a hammer and smashing a back then. Back then you could leave your doors unlocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the Holocaust was happening outside. Yeah. You know, to me, that like it's like, yeah, let's look at where we were in the world. Look at yeah. what was going on. And to me, here's where we're at now. And again, I'm repeating myself, but I'm condensing it into one episode here. It's like if somebody said back then, hey, we're going to mind fuck all these people. We're going to tell gay people they're not equal. We'll tell black people this. We'll tell women this. And somebody goes, this will be great. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Do you know how easy of a life we'll have? We'll be, we'll be like, we're, you know, we're white guys. We'll have a life. Yeah. And then the other guy goes, maybe he's a teeny bit smarter, goes, but what if they found out that it wasn't true, that they were equal? Would, would there be mayhem? First of all, that won't happen. And if it does happen, what are you saying? If everyone found out that we should all be equal, will there be mayhem? No. Well, they found out. <laughs> and there's mayhem right now. And there's a lot of – it's just all a mess. 
But I'm telling you, there's yes, kids need to hear this. That they're 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 great. They're more accepting, mm-hmm. and that there's there's a lot of good happening in this world right now. And I, you know, I, I to me when I hear it, like I remember once hearing an adult say when they read about child molestation, something about child molestation in the church, and they go. I, I get it. I, I don't even want I, – I try not to be too hard because it's almost a legitimate question. I should be happy I could slant you in the right direction, not angry. But mm-hmm. sometimes anger evokes when they go, what's going on today with all these child molestations? I go, we're acknowledging what you ignored. Yeah. You don't think it all happened. Back. Where do you think altar boy jokes came from? When I was in second grade, there were yeah. altar boy jokes. That's because kids were getting molested. Now – you're going to put – now, to me, I see an older person putting that on kids. T- like, what's going on today in this world? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're discussing what you – no one talked about that back yeah. then because it was shameful yeah. if you were molested. And you're still trying to do things the same way. Right. Like, the church is still trying to do th- do things the exact same way where it's just like, we're just going to make this go away. And it's, it's, the, it's the proof right there that the more you acknowledge this stuff – the better it is because the more you can deal with it and prevent it from happening again. The more you're, it sounds a little cliche, but the more you're honest, like back then, you know, I know what people did. I get why Mm -hmm. there's a better image of back then. And I'll say it in a silly way. People took the time, obviously using triple doses of sarcasm to make my point. Here's what they took the time to do back then. With all the dysfunction in the family, they shut up about it and they put on some nice fucking sweaters and they took a fucking family picture. Right. That's why. Exactly. So the kid that was gay was sad. The kid yeah. that was an alcoholic didn't discuss it. The mother was raped. The whole family didn't go to family counseling to help mommy through this. They never discussed it again. Mm-hmm. Daddy was unhappy in his marriage. He left. They didn't even know they had brothers and sisters. So, you know, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I said the way I feel about that. And, you know, I think we're at a good place. I think, you know, things aren't perfect, but we are doing good things and kids are doing great things. And, you know, I don't know why anybody, while they're on this planet, wouldn't want to be like, you, you know, if you're a skier, you want to be the best skier in the world. So why don't you want to do that to making people feel great? And I, I'll admit, here's why I like doing this. And maybe I'm saying I'm proud of myself or. I don't know if I'm proud of myself. Maybe I'm happy about what I made happen. I walked into the elevator, and there were two young girls, and they were kissing. Go on. <laughs> and I got in the elevator, and I went. And you know me, I, you know, as open-minded as I am, and I think I'm very progressive, I look like a, you know, when I'm going to the gym, my hair's, you know, parted down the side. I look mm-hmm. like a regular business guy on his way to the gym. I don't right. have tattoos. I don't. Right, right, right. And I walked in the elevator, and I went, I caught you. And she goes, it's embarrassing. You shouldn't be embarrassed. You should be proud that you have someone that loves you. And they both giggled. I got off the elevator, and I thought, they, that's the world they live in, that that mm. wouldn't have fucking happened 30 years ago. Oh, my God, no. That wouldn't have happened ever 30 years ago. Not now, I'm all. not saying there weren't people that were ahead of their time and that did feel that. Obviously, yeah. 30 years ago, there were people that felt that way. That's very important if there's someone listening. That, But here's the thing. 
they would they wouldn't they have would, done it. Yes, they wouldn't have. Yes, right. Exactly. So yeah, they wouldn't the, have taken that chance. The truth tells yes. the truth. We're taking yes. the time to say that they're yes. If you're yeah. if you're seventy and you happen to be listening to this and you're going, oh my god, is Todd insinuating? No, there were people ahead of their time back then. Mm-hmm. But that's what they were: people ahead of their time. I like that. You know, the seven-year-old's like, hold on a second. I was open minded Well, because you think of se- – I always still think of 70. Seventy is like some hip guy out there that's 70 or a woman. My mom's 70. And- <laughs> but I mean like one person in particular is like, oh, yeah. that wasn't me. Wait a second. I was – people might feel that way when you don't take the time to clarify. That's why growing up, you know, you know, what makes the phones light up on radio is sometimes being vague and not taking the time. Yeah. That's why I say I'd make a horrible – in regular radio, I'd make it horrible because I'd preface it and the producer would go, tell them to stop prefacing. People are hanging up. <laughs> they want the guy calling in. I'm 70. I was open-minded back then. So there we go. Um, back then. Back then. So I just want that because to me, even a reasonably intelligent person, very intelligent, could be confused right now. Mm-hmm. And I hope I brought clarity to that of is the world getting worse? No. No, we're going forward, and uh, and everything's good. And here's what we're going to close with. Comedians. Um, Comedians. You know, I have a hard time getting past. I could have never talked about this before I uh, you know, came out. Ugh, what a term. Um, but I have a hard time. <laughs> I have a hard... You okay? Yeah. Okay. I have a hard time getting past... But I think it all makes sense. Mitt Romney being so, you know, backwards. Mitt Romney-ish? <laughs> yeah. When it comes to gay marriage. He's not even, you know, to me, he just, uh, you know. And yeah. to me, it's bigger than that. It's about, he, it's about being accepting towards all groups of people. I shouldn't dislike him because he is not accepting of gay people. I should be accepting for him, not accepting of him or not liking him because of all the groups of people that he doesn't accept. Mm. And I love when it starts to hit the other groups, you know, like, you know, and then they're like, wait a second. You know, you know, there's someone out there that's unemployed, that's working their ass off, Mm -hmm. not sucking off this government, hardworking, decent people, the majority of unemployed people, hardworking, decent people that are just struggling to work and they want to fucking work. Okay. It sounds kind. And they're homophobic. (laughs) So when he's home, when he says these things that are homophobic, they'll vote for him. But then it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now he's hitting my. Oh, yeah. He's hitting your group. And one by one, he's going to hit them all. He's going to be you. You're going to find out that very few people are isolated, hateful in one area. They just can't talk about the other areas. It's not socially acceptable. But that's a group that you can still socially you can still publicly yeah, you know, be closed-minded yeah. about. The other yeah. groups you can't. They're the type of things that they record and no one gets to hear. Yeah. But as he hits your group, welcome to the club, and he'll hit your group. And my friend, I won't use her name, said something. First, I thought, I said, what if he does have, I, I said a what if, and people, most people that I try to have this conversation with go, he doesn't have the answers to our economical problems. I no, go, do me a favor to keep it clean. Let's hypothetically, because the only way to to have this conversation is to go, he does. Let's say he really does Mm -hmm. have the answers to some of our problems. Do we vote for him? And my friend's wife said, it takes time. Yes. We don't get there overnight. In other words, he's not there in that. But I don't think we get... You know, do you understand what she's saying? Agree or disagree? She's saying, you can't... He's not there yet, but he'll get there. 
If he has the answers to some of our, our, our economical problems, you vote for him even though you don't agree with him in this area. And Daniel Kino said something that I thought makes sense because first he said something, and I like that I argued it because I don't like having analogies, at least that I feel, are ironclad. Mm-hmm. Hey, for the opposing view, they don't think any of my analogies are ironclad, but I do. He said, usually if you have the answers, if you're forward-thinking enough to have the answers to our economical problems, you're going to be socially open-minded too. And I went, I'd love to believe that, but there can be a scientist that's, you know, sexist or homophobic. I got to, you know. He said, maybe to put a Band-Aid on our problems. Right. Put a Band-Aid on our problems as referencing Reagan. Again, whether you agree with the Reagan did that or not, you know what we're talking. He goes, but to really answer the problems long-term to make this a better world – you're going to include everybody. You're not going, come on, everybody. I got your answers to your economical problems. Gay people, we'll come back and get you. Yeah. We'll come back. He goes, if you're forward thinking enough to not put a Band-Aid on the problems, because that, yes, you're mm-hmm. saying he can't, but I'm going to say, yeah, Daniel goes, yeah, he can put a Band-Aid on the problems. But to really get us out of this mess long term, you're, you're going to be, if you're that evolved to do that, you're going to be that evolved so, in sociological, in, in, in being accepting of people. Yeah. And he doesn't. And I love that this person said they would vote for him because it's my best friend's wife. And it frustrates me that she said we have to take our time. And I want to say this to her. Go back. I'm going to let her. You have to let people pick their own. Don't give examples that they'll argue with. Let them pick their own examples. So I want to say instead of referencing a plight of the past, let them. What is a plight that you think does? Because, you know, sometimes you compare it to to uh, to. what do you call it? Um, rights uh, to black rights. What's mm-hmm. the, the, the civil rights? Civil rights, or, or you, they'll go. Well, you shouldn't compare it. So instead of me thinking of one, I want to say to this person, you pick one. What is what is a, a plight that was going on back in back thirty, forty, fifty years ago that you would compare? And whatever plight they pick, mm-hmm. so you're saying that you would have voted for a president that in 1950 had the answers, but didn't think black people should marry white people. Mm-hmm. You'd go, but they can fix the economy. you do that? I don't know what they would say. Hey, by the way, they could go, yeah, I would. But that says more about them. I'm, I'm going both ways. I'm not happy with the answer. I'm not cornering them in an answer. I know there's two answers. They might go, yes, I would. And I'd go, whoa. Or they'd go, no, I wouldn't. And I'd go, don't do it now. Yeah. Does that make Yeah, is absolutely. It, yeah. I mean, this is where... This is where the idea of, uh, oh, we need a businessman to come in and run the country and run it like a business. Well, beyond just how stupid that is, because countries and businesses are two different fucking things. Look at the way this guy has run businesses. And do you want him running America like that? He's, he's just straight up like it's all about profit and it's not about the workers. So how do you think that's going to? go for you if this guy is in charge and then maybe the people that make the profits they're going to do very well and the people that are the workers are not going to do very well but also i would say this about mitt romney uh there's actually it's a a conservative writer named david brooks uh put this very well on meet the press uh not long ago um I think it was after that, uh, right after that, you know, uh, the secret recording of him, the 47% of people that uh, just love, they feel entitled to this government stuff, like all this insane stuff. Um, David Brooks said, um, the thing about Romney is like, you don't, you don't think that he 
you don't buy that he believes this stuff. So when he talks about social issues, when he talks about the sanctity of marriage, and he, he talks about all this stuff, I don't think he cares. I don't think that he feels that strongly about it. I think this is just a rich guy who wants to be president. And he was a more progressive governor in Massachusetts than he is as a candidate for president of the United States. Because I don't think he gives a shit. I think it's all the same. I don't think I honestly don't think that Mitt Romney is threatened by gay people. I don't think he's threatened by gay marriage. I think he is saying the things That's how that can... people want to hear. I don't think he cares. I think he just I think it's interesting to him to be president. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah, it's it's you know all I can say as we go to close, number one, you know, we talked about that billboard or what I would hope to be a billboard. There it is thousand black people there's the white people you want to think that would be you yeah well you got to start you got to start living that today if you want to because i I, by the way if there's somebody out that good like we said before that goes no that wouldn't have been me and i don't care it wouldn't have been me well then i'm not addressing you but if you're someone that's sitting there going i would hope to fucking god that would have been me well you have to start living that today you don't get to just say i hope it would be me no fuck hope yeah you got to you got to say why do you think it would be you yeah. and then give examples of where you're being a forward thinking person today forward thinking means there's still people that aren't you're forward thinking right mm-hmm. you're not the person back then that goes well they shouldn't have the same bath they shouldn't have the same bathrooms but they should at least be nice bathrooms yeah. and then when they want the same you go oh my god Th- those people that marched were people that went they were forward thinking that got out there. So you don't get to just – and I don't know why, Paul, this is cathartic for me to say it. I hope I'd be one of those people. I love saying it again. You No, fuck hope. You got to you, – you, you, you need to point to specific things. And you know what? You, you should be able to pat yourself on the back. You going down to that march. If, someone, if you say that, Paul, and you go – if someone said to you, would you be one of those people, the white people marching? And you go – I hope I would be, and someone would go, why? You get to go listen to Todd Glass's podcast. <laughs> I went to the, that's what you do. You don't get to just hope. Right. Well, you don't get to go hope. But the thing is, I, let me say this, though. In, in, in the defense of these uh, the phantom people that we're talking about who uh, well, they may do or may not exist. exist. I mean, yeah. you know. But, but that, uh, I, understand, I understand that feeling of I hope I would be one of those people because when you think about when you think about that time, it's very scary. You know, it's very it, it was very turbulent. And, um, you know, people are getting sprayed with fire hoses and, and uh, people are having dogs sicked on them and stuff like that. I can understand how um, your natural response would be fear, even if you believe. Well, then let me let know. me just say. So so, well, so what my point is now that stuff's not happening. Like you see the, the Occupy Wall Street movement is the closest we've gotten to that recently in this country. Um, where uh, people were having a uh, form of peace, peaceful, peaceful protest and were getting pepper sprayed in the face at close range. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's not quite the same as it was. So, okay, you're not sure what you would do then. Be sure of what you are going to do now. You know, I'm not going to I'm not going to hold you you accountable for, you know, this thing that, you you know, this time travel situation. But okay, you're here now. So now what are you going to do? 
Well, I think you're you're cleaning up what I'm saying, and I'm glad yeah. you did in a, in a much more articulate way, as Ben Black would say, sometimes needs to be done. Uh, yes, you. Why am I getting hot up on those words? You, you could say, I hope I would be, and basically what I'm saying is now be able to look into your present and yes. be able to go. You with hope some... you would be then. You're here now. Right. Now what? Right. Yeah. And what I'm saying is, you're saying you're saying I think. Let's say you said I think that would have been me. You should be able to look at some examples. Someone goes, Well, what are you doing today? That's so progressive. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy that something we've moved past. Well, we haven't completely moved past, but we've made strides. It's easy to say that. It'd be, it's sort of embarrassing to say, no, I would have never done that. And by the way, then that was real danger, like you're saying, because you – but with social media today, you know, you can do things. You can tweet powerful things. You can, you know, send – you know, you, there's a lot you can do. Yeah. And if you're a comedian and you're on stage, there's a shit ton you can do. Yeah. You know, so there we go. Um, thank you. You know, I, I was these guys. Let me let me so they don't think I don't appreciate it. No, no, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I'm more comfortable because they're here every week. Even though you didn't hear a lot out of Irk or Chris, Eric. I uh, well, we've talked about that on the show. I have a hard time saying his name, so I say, "Can I come up I with a?" Oh, okay. <laughs> and Katie, thank you very much. Irk, uh, thank you very much. Chris, I just they're here every week, so I was more comfortable doing this with them here, and I know they, you know, didn't. They just were here for moral support. Not that I'm not comfortable alone in a room with you, Paul, but hmm. Um, uh, so there, how long was that? Uh, about two hours. Well, you know what? It took two hours. Now, from now on, every time I have a thought on the regular show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just spend some time. That way this will never happen again. And guess what we didn't even get to? I saw that. Yeah. I know. Yeah, spanking yeah. kids. Um, so <laughs> uh, there we go. I hope... You know, like I said, for the, for the emails that I get from those those kids um, and adults, uh, adults can process things a little more differently. But you know, I know better than anyone. It's still hard. But I always say, especially for kids, it's it's harder. Um, you're you're you're. There's a lot of not in a delusional way, and it might not make you feel better this instant, but it might. There's a lot of. <laughs> You know, you don't know the word. I want to say awesome, but that, that doesn't, you know, there's a lot of just great, wonderful, open-minded people, and you don't know who they are when you walk down the street. And yeah. I know that because I'm learning it by who comes up to me after the show. And it taught me not to judge, mm-hmm. which is ironic. But, like, people that you wouldn't think come up and just, there's so the many fucking people out up, there. Flyers jersey, you, Todd. <laughs> it's an awesome show. Listen. <laughs> Want you to know, <laughs> use it was brave of you to admit that um, you know you are what you are. Because I listen to Mark Maron podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I listen oh, to it. I'll be that guy. I'll be me. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. I got to tell you, I don't. I get a little. Uh, I don't know what to say in these situations, but it resonates. What you're saying means a lot to me. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> Can I, can I get a picture with you? Of course. Oh, whoa, don't put your arm around me. Oh, wait a second. Oh. oh. <laughs> so go rock on Wawa, Preston and Steve. I'll see you in a few weeks. Um, and uh, Katie, thank you very much. We have to meet tomorrow and do a podcast. She came in. And um, oh, fun one. You're you're yeah. good. I'm, nice. I'm proud of you. I say that. I started saying that ironically because of Uncle Frank from the Jimmy <laughs> Kimmel show. But. I started telling people I'm proud of them. Yeah, I am proud you of. Hear it enough. You know, I am proud of a lot of kids today, and and um, it's they're they're it's all good. And we're gonna end with this song that somebody. It's called 
I don't know the name of it. I'm forgetting. I th- it's it's. But we're gonna we're gonna we're, that's what we'll play as we go. I think this is a great song. And um, and there you go, everybody. Um, bye. Thank you, Paul. Now leaving Nerdist.com.